the last week of this Christmas series, talking about the three gifts. Does anybody know what the first two gifts are? Gold and frankincense. Does anybody know what those two gold? Okay, myrrh. Okay, what do those first two gifts represent? What, what represents king? The gold represents, yeah, Jesus being king. And then what is the frankincense? What are we talking about last week? The high priest, right. Tonight we're going to talk about the third one, the myrrh. Anybody got myrrh with them right now? Probably not. Gold and frankincense are actually very common in our world today. We just don't really know what frankincense is, but it's common. Myrrh, that's another thing that we don't really have a lot of right now. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these are the gifts the wise men brought to Jesus. These wise men, they knew that Jesus was born because they were looking at the stars, and they knew this one star is telling us Jesus is here. How? I don't know. It, it just did. They just knew. So they followed the star. They go to find Jesus. He's a baby in the manger. And the story goes in Matthew 2, 11, says, Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we know that, yes, you have a question? We're going to get into that. So we know that the gold represents that Jesus is a king. And to be honest, like this is just mind-blowing that these wise men knew the three gifts to give to Jesus even while he was a baby. They brought him gold to represent that Jesus, he is the king of the universe. He's the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. When he surrendered to him, he is in control. We can trust him and we should surrender our lives to his authority. The frankincense represents that Jesus is our high priest. He is the one that goes to God on our behalf. He represents us to God, and he represents God to us. And we actually don't, we don't know a lot about myrrh. We haven't talked about myrrh yet. But myrrh, for answer Gary's question, it's a rare perfume or incense um, that's used in a variety of things. But, yes, frankincense is um, a fragrance slash oil that they would use for offerings in the high priestly sacrifices in the temple. Myrrh was... Gold, I'm not answering that. Yes, Beth. Yeah, frankincense? For real, for real. All right. It's an oil, isn't it? It's an anointing oil? All right. I got some frankincense. No, we're not doing that. I'm holding on to this. This is cool. Thank you, Beth. I'm just kidding. I'll give it back to you. Myrrh. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh, let's get back to it. Myrrh is a rare perfume or incense, but in those days, it was an embalming agent. It was used for embalming dead bodies. So like these guys, they knew, like, okay, we're going to give this guy gold. He's the king. We're going to give him frankincense. He's going to be a high priest. But they gave him myrrh. They gave, think about it. They gave a baby. They were just born an embalming agent because they knew what this baby came to do for sure. Or, foreshadows the true reason that Jesus is on earth and that the reason that Jesus came to earth was to die. Why did Jesus come? Why do we celebrate Jesus' birth? It's because Jesus came to die. And that's what the myrrh was for, and that's what it represents, that whenever he died, it, there was what was going to embalm him. And so have you, like, why do we celebrate Christmas? Is this a thought that you've ever thought about before? Like, why are we doing all of this? Why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus? Because he's our Lord and Savior. We know that Jesus' birth is worth celebrating, 
But honestly, a lot of times we don't ask ourselves why. Like we like why like we we understand like okay Christmas is more than Santa Christmas is more than snowmen Christmas is more than families coming over and giving gifts we know that Je- like Christmas is about the birth of Jesus but why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus it goes all the way back or it goes to the reason why we celebrate Easter we celebrate Jesus' birth because of what it means for all of humanity his death on the cross for our salvation. The birth of Jesus doesn't mean anything if there wasn't Easter. If he didn't come to die for our sins and, and to die in our place, to represent us to God, to be the king of kings, the birth of Jesus doesn't mean anything. Paul, he says in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 5, he says, Adopt that same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. He, what he's saying there is that Jesus in heaven it w- had equality with God. He was God. He is God. He had all the God powers, all the God attributes. He was God, but he did not consider it something to be exploited. What did he do? He came to earth. He didn't come to earth as God. He didn't come to earth as full in power, full of glory. But he came to earth. He emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. He didn't just come as a regular human. He didn't come as a king or a warrior. He came as a servant, as a baby born in a manger, taking on the likeness of humanity. And then whenever he became a man, he humbled himself. Think about it. He didn't become a politician. He didn't promote himself. He didn't say, I'm going to be the next in line to be king. I'm going to overthrow the Roman government. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. What did he do? He came and he humbled himself By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, God himself, emptied himself and he became flesh so that he may die on the cross for our sins. So then we ask the question, what does this mean for us today? You guys are in a treat. We got a lot of scripture for you tonight. And so I would encourage you, look at the screen, take notes, read it in your Bible. We're going to go through 12 verses of Isaiah. Um, But this verse, this scripture they're about to read in Isaiah was written at least 700 years before Jesus, before Jesus was born, any of the Christmas story. This was written 700 years. So, but try to find similarities of where Jesus is in this and how it's prophesying about Jesus. Isaiah chapter 53 says, Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like the root out of dry ground. And he didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like somebody people turned away from. He was despised and we did not value him. Yet he himself bore our sickness. He carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him as stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed for our iniquities. Punished, punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. 
He was taken away because of, because of oppression and judgment, and who can consider his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living, and he was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man on his death. Because he had done no violence, he had spoke, spoken, or not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed and will prolong his days. And by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will accomplish this. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. And he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion. And he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death, and he was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. This is a, when we think about this, this is a sobering passage of the truth of why Jesus came to earth. Jesus was known as a man of suffering. He was known as a man who, who, who went through sufferings, and he was pierced for our sins. It says God was pleased to crush him severely because he was doing it on our behalf. Jesus was innocent. He didn't deserve any of that, but he did it for us. Because God is a perfect and just God, we know that sin must be accounted for. You might be thinking, like, why would Jesus come? Why does he have to bear this punishment? It's because when we do wrong, whenever there's sin, God is just, he's holy, he's righteous, he can't just sweep it under the rug. He can't just forget about it because then he would be crooked just like us. And God can't be crooked. God is just and he can't go against his character. Sin had to be paid for. It had to be dealt with. And so Jesus, or our sins as humans, deserved a death sentence of pain and suffering. We know that's what we actually deserve but Jesus carried our sorrows. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the, God laid every sin that belonged to us, he laid that on Jesus. Just like how the priest made sacrifice to atone for our sins, Jesus atoned for our sins with his own life. He was the perfect, spotless lamb that was slain for our sin and for the sin of all humankind who would look to him and would ask Jesus to save him. And so in this Christmas season and over this Christmas break, Christmas is going to come up next week, whenever you travel or whenever you have all your family come over, don't lose sight of what we are celebrating. We are celebrating the birth of our Savior, the one who bore our sins and our transgressions to make a, to make a way for us to be right with God. He is our sacrifice. So whenever we're going through all these holiday festivities, we're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to enjoy, enjoy that time with family, enjoy giving gifts, enjoy getting gifts, enjoy laughing, enjoy being with friends, enjoy being with family. But don't forget the real reason why we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. It's because Jesus came to die for us. So how do we actually apply this to our lives? In order to apply this to our lives in a practical way, we've got to go back to the Old Testament again. Um, and this story that we're about to go back to in the Old Testament, it actually happens way before that story that we just read in Isaiah. So this is like a thousand and a half years before Jesus. So God, he's leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. Israel was God's chosen nation. It's a chosen people group, but they were slaves in Egypt. Literally, they built pyramids. Well, but they, we don't know if they built the pyramids or not, but they probably did. I think so. Um, or the, 
maybe it was the aliens. I don't know. We're getting off track now. Um, but the Israelites, they were in Egypt. They were slaves. They were forced to make bricks, which what else do you use bricks for? But pyramids, houses. Okay. But they were slaves. And so God, he was bringing them out of Egypt. And he says, I have a promised land for you. We're going to go to this promised land. I'm leading you out. Trust me. Follow me. We're going to go there. And what should have taken four weeks to get from Egypt to Israel took them 40 years. An entire generation died in the wilderness and they could not see the promised land because they were constantly disobeying God. They were disobeying. They were, they were upset. They're like, God, why did you lead us out of Egypt? Like, we know that, like, we left willingly. We know that we want to go to the promised land, but why are we doing this? And so they grumbled and they complained against God. And so here's what our story says. Numbers chapter 21. It says, whenever they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to bypass the land of Edom, but the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke out against God and Moses. It says, why have you led us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there's no water, and we're detested by this wretched food. And the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. This is Brooklyn's worst nightmare. The Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them so that many Israelites died. And the people they then came to Moses and they said, we have sinned by speaking out against the Lord and against you, intercede for us, pray for us, so that the Lord may take, a, take the snakes away from us. And so Moses interceded for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a snake image and mount it on a pole. And when anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. And whenever someone was bitten, he looked at the bronze snake and he recovered. <coughs> I'm about to show you guys a picture. And let me know, have you guys ever seen this image before? Where have you seen that before? On ambulances, right? Paramedics, huh? Greek mythology, really? Okay. So that is that story. Like, you guys have probably never seen that before or never wondered why is there a snake on a pole on that before. But now you actually know where that is in the Bible. It's because <coughs> in in the book of Numbers, anyone who looked at the snake on the pole, they were healed because God allowed that to happen. And so the snake, they brought healing. And so we took that image and we put it on paramedics because, I don't know, we're going around saving people and bringing med medicine and that kind of stuff. But now anytime that you see an ambulance or you see a, like, a paramedic, look at that and you're going to see that pole on a snake. Now, yes, what he said. Um, so now my question is like, Hold on, no, no, we're going to get to that later. What your question should be is, what does any of this have to do with Jesus? And what does any of this have to do with Christmas? How many of you guys know um, John 3.16? This passage talks about the pole and the snake. And the snake on the pole. John, we're going to go a couple verses before. It says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world in this way. They gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. This is the plan of redemption by the world, or for the world. 
We have all been bitten by the snake of sin. Like, not literally, but all of us have been infected by the, the sickness of sin. All of us have been in, infected by, by death that comes from the sin. All of us have been bitten by that. None of us are immune. And all of us, if we don't do anything, if we try to fix it by ourselves, if we, if we don't look up to Jesus, if we try to do it by ourselves, we will die in our sins, just like the people in Israel died from the snake bite. We have all been infected. Nobody is safe from sin. But because of Jesus or God's love, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And by raising again, he conquered death and he made a way for us to be in relationship with God. The band will go ahead and come back. This is the purpose of Christmas. This is the purpose of Jesus' birth and his death, his resurrection. It grants us the greatest gift of all, and that is salvation. The, the gift that Jesus gave us two weeks ago is him being king. He gave us the gift of his kingdom. Last week, the gift that Jesus gave us, he gave us the gift of his presence, of being able to come near to God. The greatest gift of all that Jesus gives us this Christmas season is the gift of salvation. He offers us a gift of salvation as a free gift that we don't have to do anything to earn or deserve. And so because of that, because we have salvation in God, because he gives us that and we, we can receive that, we can spend eternity with Jesus. Jesus was lifted up in crucifixion for your sins, your mistakes, your evil thoughts, the bad words that you said, the bad things you've done. Jesus was lifted up for you. So like the story in Numbers, the solution is simple. How do we get rid of those snake bites? How do we get rid of, of those the, the poison that's in us because of sin. You look up to Jesus. You look up to him. And in the Bible, it says in John 3.16 that anybody who believes in Jesus is saved. God didn't send Jesus in the world to judge or condemn. He didn't send Jesus in the world to make us feel bad. He didn't send us in the world to, to judge, but he sent Jesus to save us. So that we don't have to be infected by that sin anymore, that brokenness anymore. And just like the song we sang before, we can look to God and God will be enough for us. Whether we have everything that we need or not, it will be everything we need because of Jesus. So tonight, turn your eyes to Jesus. Give him your life and receive that gift of salvation. And I know many of us have. We, we raised our hand and we said the prayer. So for the Christians... Continue to look for Jesus. Just because you, you've said yes to him, just because you come to church, it doesn't mean that you have everything you need from God instantly. Continue to look, continue to seek, continue to find your hope and peace in God alone. The devil, he's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave you undistracted. He's going to come. He's always going to whisper. He said, hey, look over here. Hey, hey, you don't need to follow Jesus today. Hey, hey, look at this over here. Look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Surrender to him. That's what God desires. He doesn't desire a, a fake relationship. He doesn't desire for us just to say, yes, I want to follow you. Yes, I want the blessings. Yes, I want eternal life. God doesn't desire a fake relationship. He desires all of you. He doesn't desire your hand being right. He doesn't desire your mouth just declaring how much your Lord. He desires your entire life. He desires your heart. He desires your mind. He desires your actions. He desires your thoughts. He desires you. He wants all of you. 
So tonight, continue to deny yourselves. Starve the flesh of what it desires. Your flesh, if it desires to break out in anger, if your flesh, if it desires to break out in anxiety, if it naturally leads towards depression, if it naturally leads towards lust, if it naturally leads towards fill in the blank, to starve it of those things. Deny yourself and ask, what does God want me to do? Does God want me to be angry? No. Does God want me to find peace? Yes. Does God want me to look at this image? No. Does God want me to read his word? Yes. Ask yourself, what does God want me to do? And then do it. Listen and obey. That's what God desires. He desires a real and authentic relationship. That's us saying, God, what do you want? I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to surrender to you. God, if you say it, I'm going to do it because I love you. Not because I'm getting anything out of it. Not because if I do this, maybe I'll get more things in heaven. That's not what we do. We do it out of pure love and joy for God. So tonight, maybe maybe you, you know about Jesus. And some of us, maybe you've never actually taken that step to give your life to Jesus. Look to Jesus for your salvation, nothing else. If you're hoping your good works will get you into heaven, they won't. If you're hoping you being a good person is going to get you to heaven, it won't. The only way to get to heaven, the only way to find salvation is through Jesus. So tonight, look to Jesus for salvation. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give you that opportunity. It's complete privacy. No one's looking around. If you've never said yes to Jesus, but you want to, you want to surrender your life to him. You want to make him your Lord and Savior, but you've never raised your hand. You never made that commitment. I want you to raise your hand tonight. God's asking you to surrender to him. He's asking for that full surrender. So if you want to make that commitment, you want to follow Jesus with your whole heart, I want you to raise your hand right now so we can know who we're praying with tonight. No one looking around. That's right. You guys can look back up. Worship me. They're about to lead us in another song. And this is a sweet, a sweet time of praise and a sweet time of worship. So tonight, my, what I want you guys to take away, what I want you guys to do with this message is to listen to what God wants you to do and then do it. Seek after him. Get closer to him. You're not going to be here again next Wednesday. You're not going to be here the week after that. But seek after God. Open up your Bible. Get out your Bible. I pray every morning. Say, God, what do you want me to do today? God, how do you want me to follow you today? Pray to him, seek after him, and God, he'll give you more than enough of what you need. If you just say, God, I just want more of you, he'll give you as much of you as you can handle. If you say, God, I just want to do what you want me to do, God, I want to deny myself, God, I want to, I want to follow you, you'll find that your life is a hundred times better than it's ever been before. That's how we find what we're looking for. It's in God. It's not like God, he wants to keep you from doing fun things so that he can have fun with you. No, he, he wants you to, to give up those things because he knows they're painful and they're hurtful. And when you follow him, he gives you what your heart truly desires. So tonight, remember him. Remember the reason for the season. Pray to God. Get closer to him. Surrender to him more and deny yourself more and ask yourself, what does God want me to do? So tonight, I'm going to pray, and when I say amen, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Worship, they're going to lead us in song. Use this time to say, God, what do you want from me? God, I want more of you. Use this time to get alone with God. Get more of God in your life. Surrender more of yourself to him. Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the, what you did for us on the cross. 
dying in our place and dying for our sins. God, we can't praise you enough for that. And God, the only thing you desire, the only thing that you deserve is full and complete surrender of our heart and our mind. So God, help us do that tonight. Help us to say, God, here I am. Here's everything I have. God, I want to obey you. I want to surrender to you. It's your will, not mine. God, I pray that you trust. Help us to trust in you, God. Fill our heart desire with you as we turn to you and as we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and stand tonight.